thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. And today I'm writing solo, but that's not a problem because it is an exciting week, ladies and gentlemen. It is draft week in the NBA, and I couldn't be more excited just because the Cavaliers, the lottery gods have shown upon us again, and we are selecting third overall. In two days, as of recording, it's a Tuesday, we will know who the Cavaliers newest edition is now highly speculated that it is Evan Mobley and I know we have kind of beat the drum beat a dead horse really on who the actual selection will be but you know just a quick note I think Mobley is the best fit for this current roster makeup I know there are some moves on the way and that's perfectly fine I get it you know as a fan like I've said on Twitter a few times already You know, we are, it's very hard to separate our own perception from reality in terms of sports. You know, we want these guys to do well. We want to be able to cheer them on and we hate to see them do, you know, poorly. So when they do, we really do, you know, we're the first people often sticking up for them, even when we probably shouldn't be. Uh, You know, there are guys like that on the caps. You know, for me, it's Jetty Osmond. You know, I've really wanted him to perform very well. Um, you know, I've seen some solid things from him in the past, and I would really still enjoy seeing him play the backup point guard position, at least in an experimental portion of the season, if you will, if things start to go downhill, if he's not already moved. I really like the playmaking aspect and his capabilities, you know, that he can bring to the table. I liked what I saw out of those minutes from him last season. I don't know. I might be alone in that regard, but I really was excited uh, you know, to to see him take on an expanded role to begin last season that kind of just floundered. There's no way around it. Jetty just was flat out bad for certain stretches. And I, he was very hot and cold. You know, he was very J.R. Smithish. You know, there's just for him. I don't know if it was a mental thing. But we've seen him go on spurts where he's shooting very well. He started out last season shooting very well, but he cooled off very quickly. So for me, you know, like I said, Jetty is that type of guy that that I continue to defend, but would not be opposed to see him being moved. A guy like Larry Nance Jr. for me, no, he's not quite in that realm because when healthy, Larry is still highly impactful. Now, have somebody, you know, proposed a potential top 10 pick in the mix included in a deal I don't know I'm sure it wouldn't be just Nance I'm sure that Cleveland would have to include a first rounder in the future of their own or some but something else some type of filler or take on some type of salary but you know Larry is is a guy to me that I, I really honestly hope 
doesn't end up in that bucket come midseason because really the only thing stopping Larry Nance is his body. It's his health. He's not made of glass, but he's certainly not what you would call an Iron Man. You know, he's not a Tristan Thompson or anything like that. He's not going to string together seasons in which he just doesn't miss any games. That's just that's just not how he is. And, uh, you know, moving right along, there are other guys on the roster that, you know, I, I've been rooting for, but, you know, I'm just, I'm not seeing the results. And I'm the obvious example, the most obvious example, the, perhaps the elephant in the room, is that one Kevin Love who is still on the roster. Now, Kevin... For you know, I've said this numerous times. He will forever have my gratitude for his role, however big or small you think it is, uh, in bringing Cleveland its first and only championship. You know that cannot be taken away from him. I think that alone will end up putting him in the Hall of Fame one day. But he signed a large contract, and his production does not really show that he is any even remotely worth that type of money i think anybody any suitor that would take kevin love would probably be off the buyout market at this point if cleveland hasn't been able to work out a trade for him i don't know if one is coming i'm still pulling for one i'm still hoping they can get something back for him but i just don't see a trade coming it's either going to be he plays out the duration of his contract or he is bought out that's that to me. That's the only thing happening at this point. Team USA stint did nothing for him because he left early. He left before the damn games even started. So what does that say? And Team USA, that's a whole nother story. They are so messed up right now. I don't even know what to do. What what can be done? There is no LeBron to come save the day. There is no Steph Curry on this team. No Kyrie Irving. No James Harden. There's they're missing a lot of key players now. I'm not going to say that this team sucks, but what I will say is that uh, this is America's B team. So, rest of the world, why don't you guys calm down a little bit before you talk about how much the gap has uh, has disappeared between America and the rest of the world in regards to basketball. I respect it. Things are getting better. Spain has a great team. Nigeria has a pretty good team. Australia has always really fielded a really good team. Um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing uh, Luca explode even more so than he already has in international in the international circuit. But America, far and away, still has the best basketball players. They're just not playing. I mean. That's as flat out honest as I can be in that regard. But this is a Cavaliers podcast, so back to the topics at hand. It's draft week, like I said, so we know that somebody is going to be donning wine and gold come Thursday, and we're probably hoping that it's between Green and Mobley. Uh, for me, obviously, you know, I've echoed this many times, it's Mobley, but I would not be opposed to adding Green. I just don't see any reality in which Houston doesn't select green. There's a lot of smoke in the air from all these top three teams, but I think we already know who they are. Cade's going number one to Detroit. Green's number two to Houston. Mobley, presumably, at number three. Now, there are rumors out there that the Toronto Raptors are really thinking that Cleveland is high on Jalen Suggs. I don't get that. I don't I don't see where, they, where, they, uh, where they've gotten the sense that that could be the truth, but... 
you know, to each his own. And if Cleveland does end up uh, um, end up selecting Jalen Suggs, I am going to lose my shit. I'll just be the first one on the record to say that. But, you know, it, these are still exciting times. Cleveland has a lot of work to do in regards to the roster still. Uh, Jared Allen has to be signed to an extension. You know, I really honestly, when I just got done doing an appearance with Justin Matcham on uh, the Cavs Central podcast, I truly honestly believe that, Allen, you don't want to break the bank any more than 20 to $21 million in regards to an annual rate for him. You know, if you're going to sign him to a $100 million deal, okay, that's great. I would love to see Allen return, but nothing higher than that, especially if you're presumably adding Mobley into the mix. And Mobley, much like you'll hear on that upcoming episode, I do not believe that Mobley is ready to suit up and defend the premier wing, uh, the not the wings, the premier bigs in the NBA, the Embiid's, the Jokic's, the ADs of the NBA. I just don't see it yet. From a defensive standpoint, he's skilled enough to hold his own, but from a weight standpoint, he would just get bodied to me. So you're gonna have to count on somebody like a Jared Allen to, you know, to to really uh, bang against those guys, you know, and then. Not to mention, uh, if you're going to re-sign Isaiah Hartenstein, or if you're not going to re-sign him, what are you going to do at the backup center position? Yeah, we know that they're probably going to try and stagger the Mobley-Allen minutes, if that is the case, but you're still going to need some veteran leadership and some, some, let's just be honest, some help. We're going to need somebody to fill in at those minutes. And I know there's kind of already a log jam when you're talking about the four and the five positions in regards to minutes, because... You know, let's let's not mistake this. You got Larry, you got Kevin, you still got Torin, you have Mobley, you have Allen, you have Okoro who can line up, you know, any really honestly seems in a few different positions. Uh in, in smaller lineups, you still have Fiandu Cavendelli, you have Lamar Stevens, who is, you know, could be a forgotten man on on this roster. There's a lot of different options here and a lot of mounds to feed and Cleveland is going to have to figure that out quick fast and in a hurry once Mobley comes to town now you know outside of that which is a completely different situation is the always uh, ever-changing debate on whether or not Colin Sexton is worth a rookie max extension to me just pay the damn man give him his money he deserves it he, he's done everything really to warrant it. I think the only thing that really could change the perception of how he is viewed in a public light in the NBA circle is winning. Winning often cures everything, even if there is negative connotations around a player. Winning can change that, you know, just as very quickly, very soon. You know, how fast do we start to see that once Devin Booker started, when Devin Booker's team started winning games, they'd Devin Booker is special. Yes, he had a 70-plus point game, but still, we were thinking of him not, you know, as a little, maybe even in the overrated range before his team started winning games. You know, there are other guys in NBA history who started out as just kind of like scorers, really. You know, Kyrie Irving is not a pass-first guy, but he can play make. And it's, the Cavaliers weren't exactly... 
you know, world beaters before LeBron James came to town in year four. There are countless others that I could compare Colin Sexton's first three seasons to, but I won't because it's just not fair. Give the kid his money. He's earned it. Sign him to that max, and he will reward you for it with an all-star season. I guarantee it. Next season, Colin Sexton, wherever he is playing, be it Cleveland or Miami or elsewhere, whatever destination that they floated out there, Colin Sexton will be an all-star next season. He is motivated. He is ready to go. He has seen all of this. He's heard all of it. And for for the disrespect that, that people keep hurling his way to me is just unfounded. We we talk about guys like uh Shy Gilgis Alexander, like they are, you know, shout out to to my man Ralph the Pull Up King on Twitter, you know, for bringing us to light. We we talk about these guys like, you know, th- these guys like Shy, like they're the they're the next big thing. Like, they're that much better than Sexton, and they're really not. They're just not. I don't see it. I don't know how others see it, but, you know, to again, to each his own. To me, I would rather have Sexton than have Shy. you know, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Maybe you think I'm crazy. Maybe you're laughing at that take. I don't care. I think it's the truth, and I think Sexton is going to show that next season if given the chance, wherever he is. I hope it's Cleveland, but wherever it is, I hope that Colin Sexton gets the chance to prove his naysayers wrong. And, you know, you're noticing this theme here. What did I start out the episode saying? I said some of these guys that we we root for, it's hard to separate perception from reality. For Sexton, I don't think that's the case. I think people's perception of Sexton is merely that he is just a scorer. To me, that's not the case. He has shown otherwise. He can be a secondary playmaker to Darius Garland. Flat out, you don't really need Colin Sexton to do as much distributing as you would think when you have a guard like Garland in your starting lineup. And Garland could easily, to me, end up in the talks for most improved player. He could end up crossing the 20-plus point, 8-plus assist threshold this upcoming season if things shake out and he's able to stay healthy. I definitely see that happen. And I think the Cavaliers will send, well, will at least have two players have average averages of 20-plus points per game. And I think Darius Garland is probably going to be the other. You know, there's a couple of cases for other guys. You guys know how high I am on Isaac Okoro. If not, check out some of my articles on him. You know, I think that this team is set up perfectly. Well, not, I'm not going to say perfectly, but I think they are set up to continue to develop and to start really showing some progress in the wins department this upcoming season if they make the right selection in the draft, i.e. Mobley, and they get a few, maybe maybe just one to two key free agent signings. I think that's how close they are to continuing for at least a playing game. Continued development of the, the franchise core right now will you know, will continue as it should. I am not making the case that Sexton is the the best young guard in the league, but I think he's highly disrespected. And I really hope he gets the chance to show you all that he is more than just that guy who is labeled a scorer, because he is. I, you know, I hope he just doesn't take all of this in 
say, you know what? Well, I don't want to be here in Cleveland anymore. I don't have to take this. I can go to a bigger market team. I never wanted to come to Cleveland in the first place. Y'all just drafted me. I hope it doesn't get to that point. Because as the small market team we are, the best course of action is to develop our players and pay them accordingly. You pay them. That's how small market teams are able to compete with the larger markets. You develop your young stars and you pay them and you make the right free agent acquisitions to surround them with. We just saw the Bucks do this. No, Sexton is not even in the stratosphere of a Giannis Antetokounmpo. But given time, given a good supporting cast, given good management, good decision-making, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Cleveland could have a Knicks or Atlanta Hawks-like jump this upcoming season. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Maybe you guys think I'm crazy. Again, maybe you're laughing at that take. Whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. But I don't think it is out of the question. Small market teams like Cleveland have to develop from within because you're not attracting anybody. LeBron James is not coming through those doors. We're not getting Bronny. I hate to break that to some of you. We're not getting either one of them. Chris Paul ain't coming through these doors. It's just, it is what it is. You have to accept that you're not a free agent destination. So when you do have players, young stars who show promise, what do you do? You pay them accordingly. And you hope that they continue to stay on the development trend that they are, and that is upward. That's enough on Sexton. You know, I, I had to go on a rant because I'm sick and tired of seeing these, you know, trade Sexton for scraps takes. I'm just, I'm tired of it. It's getting a little played out to me. Uh, so we'll move on to something I am a little bit more excited about, and that is the potential of one Isaac Okoro. Now, again, as I stated earlier on the episode, I'm really high on the kid. I think he has the tools to be a premier two-way player. I honestly believe that he could end up being the most improved player next season, or at least in the top, you know, the top three, top five voting for it. That Yes, I understand that's a large jump for a player who averaged under 10 points per game in his rookie season, but he started to show something in May you know, towards the end of the season. I, you know, I, I really honestly believe that given the the shots, given the reps and the opportunity, and if he's continued to allow it to start and the Cavs don't bring somebody in that supersedes him, I think that he could honestly develop into a premier wing. It would not be out of the question to see him jump from that, you know, 9 to 10-point range all the way up to 16, 17 points in just year two. I can see it happening. He's already an excellent defender, you know, having gone up against the likes of LeBron, KD, Giannis, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, you know, Kyrie Irving. The list goes on and on. The, 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 some of the premier talents that he's had to defend already in his, such a short span of time is astounding. And the Cavs just kind of threw him to the fire. Like, here, go out here and, you know, learn on the fly. Go ahead and let Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry shoot a bucket in your eye just so you can learn the hard way. Let you know, let you let you get out there and experience the trials and tribulations of what it is like to be a starting wing in the NBA. Because to me, 
the 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 dominant players now, you know, everybody has had their age. The guards have had their age. Bigs have had their age. To me, this is the age of the wing. I know there's a lot of good guards out there, but to me, anybody that is in the six four to maybe possibly even six seven six eight range wings. I think wings are the prototypical player that you'd want to start a team with if you were a franchise building. Because wings, to me, are hybrids and they can do almost anything, or at least the right wings can. We see, you know, I I don't know. I'd have to look back. And I think this, you know, the, the last one to do it to me was Dwayne Wade. But, you know, and you can throw Steph Curry in there, I suppose. Uh, but who is the really the last guard who's the true leader of his team who didn't have an all-star roster around him, which is why, you know, I hesitated to include Steph Curry on there, uh, who, who didn't necessarily have an all-star roster around them to lead their team to a championship and win. I really, honestly, I think it is D Wade, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, throw it in the mentions, whatever message me, hit me up. I think it was Dwayne Wade back in, uh, during the 06 finals. I think he was the last person to do it as the leader. Yeah, we know he had Shaq on that team and there are some really good pieces as well. But I, he was the he was the unquestioned leader. Ever since it's been Wings, it's been LeBron, it's been KD, you know, again, I don't truly include Steph on there on this list just because of the talent around him. I it's hard for me to do that. You know, you have Kawhi, who's who managed to lead the Raptors to it. You have just recently, most recently, you know, if you want to include Giannis up there, Giannis is a big man, and it's really hard to classify him sometimes to me because sometimes to me he goes from being a wing to a big man it's just because of how his game is, how clumsy he is. You know, that's a whole other conversation. But just to get back to the topic at hand, who is the last guard to be the true and unquestioned leader of their team? And lead them and win an NBA Finals. If you say Steph Curry, fine. We're not going to fight you uh, about that. But I, I just, I, I really cannot lump him in this category because he's playing with, you know, at any given time, Steph, when they were in the Finals, was with you know two to three other Hall of Fame caliber players. So sorry to tell you this, Steph. I, I can't include include you in that, even though you're the greatest shooter of all time. You just had too much talent around you. So, you know, maybe that makes me sound a little bit uh, biased. And, and I am because I still still don't bang with the the Warriors. I have come to respect Steph Curry and the greatness that, that surrounds him. But I just, you know, in a topic like this, I just hesitate to include him in on that. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode because we'll probably end up you know, having another one come out just to recap the draft, the list Cleveland's portion of it. Uh, so it's going to be a busy week. You know, draft week is always a busy week. And I look forward to it. I hope you guys will tune in just as I am. And uh, as always, you can always reach out to me on at its Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you know, whatever. Uh, platform you'd like to reach me on i'm always open always susceptible make sure that you leave a five star rating whatever you you know and even if you don't you know i appreciate your feedback give me something you know it really helps me in regards to content creation and with that being said you guys have a good day